Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 332 of the Comedy Film Nerds Podcast. A couple days late, but it's here. We're it's ready. here. We've had a couple mm-hmm. shakeups. Uh, mm-hmm. Last week, we lost the Comic-Con episode. Some staffing changes. Some, sta- some staffing changes. <laughs> oh, you lost the some Comic-Con episode? Uh, so, recorded so in, a pa- in, a, in, yeah. a, in a hotel room. It was a bummer. We've done yeah. it every year. So Beware of the falling Zoom that changes inputs. Zoom fell. The input button changed. We didn't realize it, so it was still recording. Yeah, it still showed recording and we're like okay what's well, still on still good mm-hmm. it was recording an hour of silence an hour of silence oh fantastic so, out of some orifice that was not being talked into yes, is exactly. that the deal so uh-huh. the built-in speakers on the zoom yep it switched it to if you were to plug if you were to do xlr like xlr at the bottom mm-hmm. so we had no xlrs so right you were just using the top yep we which are beautiful to nothing mm-hmm. So, thanks, guys, and I hope you like the Star Trek Beyond uh, spoiler rep that we did last yes. week. Oh, and uh, by the way, we had, uh, we'll get into it, fan feedback. I had a couple of fan feedbacks on that on Twitter. Okay. Some, some really good stuff. Um, it was like somewhere with like seven point of orders. It was great. Yeah, there was, a, I think, my, my fa- I'll get into my favorite one at the All end. All right. So, um, one, we have a major announcement for the uh, Comedy Film Nerds LA Podfest episode. We have two guests now mm-hmm. locked in. Who have never been on the show before? Cecil Baldwin, the uh, voice of Welcome to Night Vale, and Will Wheaton. Come on, from uh, Star Trek: Next Generation. Dork, 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 dork. That guy's yeah. a giant dork. He's yeah. awesome. <laughs> you know, I got to do tabletop. Oh, I got that to play. Fun. Got to nice. play a game on tabletop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, I'll have your entire staff, all of your interns on the Dork Forest, if I could be on tabletop. <laughs> and they were like, Deal. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, we're, we're pumped. You guys, you know, we've been so busy lately. We've literally been doing, like, one live podcast a year, and it's at PodFest. Yes. If you haven't seen us do one of these live, it's a blast. We show trailers of upcoming movies. Mm. We talk. Uh, we always have fun guests. It'll be – it's different than this show that you normally listen to, uh, and there's an audience there. Riffing, riffing. A lot of riffing. A lot yeah. of free- I love I love a live comedy yes. film nerds, quite honestly. It's a freestyle riff session. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, if you can't make it to Podfest, use the coupon code. Coupon code. CFN. Get the pi- get the pay-per-view. It's already on sale. Yeah. Coupon code CFN. Knock off five bucks. Come on. That's helped us. We get paid, too. Yes. I know you guys are like, yeah, but you run the festival. Yeah, that's yeah, not... yeah, yeah. Festivals don't make a lot of money. No, they don't. Yeah, you guys are sitting on a Scrooge McDuck pile of nothing. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's uh... inside a vault. <laughs> and right now we're in a very, very stuffy garage. So yes. good for us. <laughs> Hot times in the valley. Yeah. You got to turn the AC off. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome podcaster in residence, Jackie. G. <laughs> Jackication. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me back. It's going to be a quickie, you guys. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a heart out. I do have a heart out. She's got a heart out. That's what he said. (laughs) Boom. Ladies, gentlemen, come see my... I don't understand. I do stand-up comedy, Graham Elwood, and sometimes there are penis jokes, and uh, penises get hard. So You know what they're described as in romance novels? Silky smooth, but hard. Nice. Yeah, who doesn't who doesn't want to read that mm-hmm. and, and touch themselves? <laughs> I'm going to Almost everyone. Mine is silky yeah. smooth, but hard. Yeah. Which is surprising for a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag silky smooth. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> um, so let's talk about Jason Bourne first. This is one we wanted to discuss. Um, okay. uh, I was excited to see this movie after seeing the trailer. Um, oh, okay. You know, Matt Damon was like, "I'm not doing this again until Paul Greengrass directs it," which he did. Um, it's so th- there's a chase. So someone called his bluff. Someone called, someone called his bluff, and he was like, <laughs> right. "Oh man!" Wait, l- let me guess. Did Jason Byrne remember something again? Whoa! <laughs> Come on. So, um, 
It's just your very functional Jason Bourne movie. <laughs> okay. You know, it's a. It's now. It's just a Bourne. There's just Bourne. Yeah. Movie. It's a GI Joe. It's a, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's just. I'm a, in. Um, Does he run and shoot things and then yeah, help people yes. and then is he help himself? He is a little haunted. Um, <laughs> He's slightly haunted. <laughs> Alicia Vikander is a good sort of. Is she? Is she good? Is she bad? Is she, is she a robot? She a robot. Tommy Lee Jones. Um, does it is he going to search every hen house for that guy? Why? <laughs> Outhouses as well, Jackie. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. Moments where it seems like he's phoning it in, but um, <laughs> other moments where he's being all Tommy Lee Jonesy, which I like. Um, oh, good. It's your standard Bourne movie, and that's fine. Okay. That's that was like great. Bring him back. Yeah. Um, I'll say this: there's two things that went into why I kind of enjoyed this film. One, oh, I was excited to see Suicide Squad. Heard so many horrible things, and I didn't see it. And we'll talk about that later. Two, saw it in a food movie. Ah, nice, okay. comfortable nice. chair. Oh, with a with a nice meal. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that's where, where you saw Jason Byrne. Yeah. Born. Waiter, and I uh, haven't done a food movie in a while. I've been traveling and the like, so yeah. It was nice to bring that back into the rotation. So <laughs> just kick back. So uh, my get boy, yourself some. What'd you get? What'd, what'd, get, what'd you order? Isn't there's, there's there's a good veggie burger. There's uh, there's all kinds <laughs> of mozzarella one. sticks. No, there's yeah. great there's great options there. Arugula salad. Did you get the uh, make the movie better platter? I did, <laughs> and it tasted great. <laughs> nice. Did you like the movie Chris Mancini? I did not see Jason Bourne. Oh, mm. here's the thing: this entire episode is going to be One, various people not seeing the movie sure. we're talking about. Well, yeah, we we will rotate. Oh, good. Where do we get to Suicide Squad? Where do um, we get to Finding Dory? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a chase scene in Las Vegas that took it took five weeks to shoot and it wrecked 170 cars. Um, Jason Bourne barely speaks in the movie. Um, he, Until 20 minutes into the film. 20 minutes into the film is his first time he speaks. And it's kind of interesting, and I like that, and I like seeing this part of of Matt Damon playing this guy. I like Jason Bourne. He's, he's the, the, the quandary that he's in, you know, isn't as interesting as it has been. Like, mm-hmm. the first Jason Bourne movie is just great. It's just, it really is. It's great spy stuff. Yeah. Doesn't know who he is. The amnesia, it's just, it's so awesome. It's it's momentum, you mm-hmm. know, meets a, a badass spy, you know. Right. It's, it's really cool. So you're saying this is no Fury Road. This uh, <laughs> there's no reason for him not to speak. He could speak. Uh, he he's co- not quite as broken as Mad Max. No, he's not quite as broken, but Jason Bourne is broken yeah. a little bit. And, and he doesn't have a lot to say. He doesn't have yeah. a lot to say. So 45 we unco- lines in the entire movie. He uncovers some family stuff. Um <laughs> But it's not awful. Aren't we all doing that? Right? Yes. Isn't that, don't we do that every day? Um, Remember your aunt? Yeah. <laughs> this is the reason why I'm uncomfortable in my yoga class today. Uh, we had some creepy aunts. Um, so, like, I think, uh, yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I think... Rush- serviceable action. Movie. Serviceable J- Jimmy Bourne, Jimbo Bourne, right. J.J. Bourne, mm-hmm. getting out there, getting crazy. Mm-hmm. Sitting right. in a nice, comfortable theater. But now, and you'll have fun. Is this was there any announcements as far as like, uh, well, this is the last born movie. We're not. They doing it they ended it the way they ended it like more franchise gang. Like, <laughs> oh, just recasting. It's I don't know. Or 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 Greengrass and Damon are gonna like. We've we, got another one. It you just, just made me watch that that trailer for that thing. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get okay, that. we'll get to that. Uh, so mm-hmm. I don't know. It feels it. They ended it very much like. 
the music there could be another the music one. comes up and here we, we could go. talk him into it again. Yeah, yeah. Paul needs work. Everyone has a mortgage. Let's do this. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Paul has a couple mortgages. They're not making any more Ocean's movies, so Matt Damon's got to do something. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> He's not a superhero like his buddy. Not right. yet. Not yet. So one day, it's fine. All right. All right. Let's talk about Suicide Squad. I saw this movie, and I was always already seeing all like the chatter all over the internet. A lot of times, I like to try to avoid it before I yeah. see the movie, but it was unavoidable. It, it was unavoidable. It was literally everywhere. Like you couldn't open up a, a homepage without something about Suicide Squad just on coming it. on and people. Now, uh, here's the thing: the movie's a mess. Okay, it's not very good at all. It's uh, it's villains. It's Thunderbolts, right? It's villains yeah, doing being it, good it's, guys. It's it's um, but that, that's not its problem. <laughs> okay. Well, no, no. The problem is that it's a uh, a completely incohesive, incomprehensible <laughs> pile of <laughs> nonsense. Uh, it's a bunch of haircuts all yeah. put together. Oh, <laughs> all haircuts, pile of haircuts, pile of haircuts all put together. Uh, just shiny, the, shiny yeah, haircuts yeah. trying to act their way out of something and horrible. What fascinates? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. What, what fascinates me is you know how something like this goes so wrong when the blueprints are so clear to yeah. put this together. Um, especially too, I don't know if you guys know this, but there was already been a really good Suicide Squad movie. It's called Batman Assault on Arkham. Right. It's animated. It has roughly almost 70 to 80% of the characters in the live action version. Oh, okay. And it, the other thing is it has a reason for Batman and the Joker to be in the movie. Okay. You know, they go. So they stuck it. So they landed. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes more sense. Harley Quinn sees Joker at Arkham Asylum still, you know, all the feelings come up. And uh, she's got Batman a lot of feels. Still chasing them there, but in this movie, this live action movie, Batman's only in flashbacks. Okay, the beginning. Um, the Joker seems just forced into every scene that he's in, and it really looked like he's oh, barely in it though. Because didn't Jared Leto like he was complaining he wasn't in it enough? Right, and, and guess what? Jared Leto, not the Joker. Jared Leto was in it enough. <laughs> <laughs> he was thirty seconds to awful. Oh, my God. He I was just, absolutely terrible in this you movie. You know what they'll say about him? He's uh, no John Kennedy. No. no. Uh, <laughs> so that's too bad. it's amazing how, like, uh, you know, like, well, I really wish you could overact a little bit more. Like, you know, that I, would be great. And it's, a, and it's a comic book movie, so overacting is actually encouraged. Normally, it would, yeah. Yes. It would be uh, and the Joker, acceptable. It should have worked out. Sure. The, the crazy thing is, is I did not see this movie on purpose because, mm. but I saw the trailer and I was yes. like, Oh, this looks like they finally got the comic book part of DC Comics and movies right, where people are having fun and they're it's dark and hilarious. No, but here, no, not at all. And, I wanted uh, dark and hilarious because it's super villains well, being good guys. Well, here's the funny thing: is it is dark and um, there's some attempts to put in the humor, but clearly that was put in later. As you know, you heard they did all these reshoots. The reshoots after yeah. Deadpool. Yeah, and uh, what happened oh, was, so there was yeah. all these reshoots added, and you can see exactly where they were put in. That That's how <gasps> poorly it's put together. Like, you could tell the, the first cut of the film. Who are these people? <laughs> miserable, dark, you know, des- just really like a Find you know, Ben Acker, nihilistic, hand yeah. him the entire DC <laughs> yes. log, and let him, he writes Thrilling Adventure Hour, right? Yeah, yeah. Ben Acker and so, Ben Blacker, they just right. wrote a uh, another Deadpool story. Let them, he has, he told me the greatest idea for a Wonder Woman movie. And I was like, oh my God. He said, yeah, DC, whatever, maybe. And uh, so I was like, all of them, all of, let him at least do some bullet points yeah. and then take it away and ruin it. Yeah. But let, let him have a meeting. Yeah. Give him some meetings, <laughs> steal all of his ideas. Yeah. And I don't know, but I just. But it, it's amazing. But you, you don't think like, the, uh, the director of uh, 
sabotage <laughs> and uh, the writer of SWAT. Uh, David Iyer would put together a bad. Uh, Isn't that weird? That uh, they couldn't. They, they couldn't really get it uh, get figured they out. They couldn't get anyone but with a sense of joy. Like it was so. <laughs> no, there isn't, and, that, and that's the main problem with the film. It's, yeah. The main problem with all of these DC films is that it has uh, Zack Snyder's fingerprints all over it. Like this needs to be bleak and dark and yeah. violent for no apparent reason. Like every character, no matter what the character is has to be dark, bleak, and violent. It doesn't matter. Harley Quinn has to be dark and bleak. Uh, and all of them, like, so all the fun is literally sucked out of this film. And so, even when they try to inject it back in, right. it's like, all right, well, this is a step in the right direction, but it's such a small step, yeah. and you're still miles away. Right, and so, you're just putting Band-Aids on, on a yeah, giant gaping yeah, wound. Yeah, you're putting lipstick, lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, God bless Margot Robbie and Will Smith. They try their best right. to do something with these characters. I'm sure the, that they, they spent all of their yes. charisma points and poured it into yes. this thing in yes. the effort to try to bring some heart to it. Yeah, and, and they they did, and that, that's oh, exactly good. what happened. They they tried to they, well, they tried, they tried their best, but you know. And then when they actually have a moment of real feeling, even like with the Joker and Harley Quinn, it's such an amazing uh, and interesting and fertile ground for to explore. Because yeah, their you relationship have all these is allegories something. Of all, like, well, yeah, love is can be messy and crazy and weird. Look and at violent. Zeus and that cow. And yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> but you but you see like it can be an allegory for all the things that like you know a crazy doom relationship could be yep. for normal people so <laughs> so it's just it's you know think, it's think about people that have lost their minds yeah. trying to yeah. find love and it's exactly like that so you, you you bring this to like the comic book level but you have it grounded in that reality which has always kind of been what like Harley Quinn has been like she's never been like this hardcore violent psychopathic no. criminal she was a psychiatrist that fell in love with the Joker at Arkham she so just wants she, to support a fella. Yeah, That's it. And she always because, has that playful part of her where some of it's in the movie, but she gets overly sexualized and it's all still like dark and weird and like, okay, well now you're trying to make her lighter. That was a reshoot. You could, you could, uh, sometimes the lighting is even off. Like for the, when you see it, like actually um, inserted in, like okay, that and it'll be like one frame. It's like, like they don't joke. have the original thing to compare right, exactly. it against. How, <laughs> I don't know. I thought you had the original yeah, footage. Yeah. Snapchat has filters. You can just uh, swipe left, yeah. swipe left. So it'll make the whole thing a little bit lighter. Oh, so insane! Ugh. And then I don't know what who gave this note, but was like, well, people don't really know who these characters are. So we need to spend the first 40 minutes of the film introducing them over and over again. Guardians of the Galaxy proved yeah. that you did not have exactly. to. At all. Exactly. At all. Exactly. And At the, all. the movie actually starts 20, 30 minutes into the movie when Amanda Waller shows up at uh, the prison. Okay. Over, but... Uh, before that, it's like, oh, there's a lot of backstory. It's extra backstory. Now it's extra backstory. And then all the cameos. Is it like, like Speed 2, where in. someone is running at you with a knife for two hours? <laughs> that would be more interesting. <laughs> but, you know, there's a. And, and there's there, a better character motivation. Yeah. For, yeah. And I know there was probably another note that says, look, we have an extra $50 million of effects budget. I don't know where to put it. All right, we'll make more computer generated characters. Like, it was so overly bloated towards the end there was even like this is a spoiler alert but not a big one um like oh there's a character that could turn into a giant monster well no one mentioned that before oh, God. you know in those 40 minutes a, of setup yes, nobody had no any sort of transformer that, uh, oh, abilities a, uh, a giant computer generated monster why, why didn't you mention that before in fact why didn't you do it before so we wouldn't have been this far yeah, I, I don't get. I don't. I don't know what the so fuck DC's problem is. Yeah. Like, what well, is your fucking problem? Here, here is my favorite line. <laughs> this is my favorite line of the movie. Like, there's this witch, 
that um, Amanda Waller has her heart, and she's trying to get back her heart because you know witches. Witches, you got to keep their yeah, you got to keep their heart somewhere separate. separate. Okay, you got to you know keep what? it separate. I was buying it. I was buying yeah. all of that suspension then, of disbelief. Uh, I'm in. And then uh, <laughs> she gets her heart back, and I don't know how some of these actors said these lines with a straight face, but like now that I have my heart back, I can complete this machine to destroy the world. <laughs> I'm like, what? None of that sentence makes it made any sense, even in comic book land. <laughs> Even in comic book land, that's well. Made it would have no worked sense. in 1992 right. when people were saying that out loud in comic books, and then people were like, "When will the 90s be over?" Uh, uh, and then they they made her like walk this real weird way. It was almost like watching an old Hercules episode, like oh, yeah, like watching, Sorbo. Yeah, like, okay. like just that weird, like all right, Sorbo. we're gonna make we're gonna make the female characters walk this weird, you know, and right, sway right. their hips. And, like, Look at my ass. There's no real reason why she should be dancing while she's walking every single <laughs> step. They, um, they 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 so miss is like every good villain comes from a place of pain that is human that you go oh I right. kind of see Deadpool's he, got a daughter Heath Ledger's um, Joker in Dark Knight right he tells those awful stories and you're mm. like those are horrible I don't know which one's true right. but <laughs> you're fucking out of your goddamn mind and, and we see why and we is, see exactly yes. why yeah is that he raised the bar so much for Joker but you know Jared like oh I'm gonna do something different put my own spin on it and, uh, stay yeah, but your spin you should good. but your spin blows yeah it's yeah. exactly yeah. don't, what, don't try yeah. don't try stay yeah. home how about don't try do yeah about, uh, just, and one of the do your band take your band out on the road that seems fun that really irritated me in the beginning is that uh, and again, these are these are not spoilers. These happen in the beginning. And is, uh, it's a terrible movie. And it's a terrible movie. Allow yeah. me to spoil it for you. Um, <laughs> one of the interesting things about Harley Quinn's um, origin story is that you know she was a psychiatrist in Arkham, and she fell in love with the Joker, and then you know it gets retconned a little bit here and there where she actually fell into the vat that changed the Joker that like completed her transformation okay. to Harley Quinn, and that's actually. In the movie, and that's one of those scenes where you're like, oh, well, you know what? This works, where she mm-hmm. was so devoted to him, she fell in. Oh, she jumped in. Yeah, she jumped in, and then, uh, but then she, the Joker saves her. So, okay. Uh, but this is, again, one of those things where, okay, well, now that's actually a real moment. That seems real. That seems, with, with two crazy psychopaths that are falling for each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in the beginning of the film, um, when the inmates get out of Arkham, or like you know things go crazy. There's always an outbreak in Arkham somewhere. You know, it happens every four days or something. It's like that. Well-run yeah, prison. It's not a well run. Yeah, it's not a well run mental <laughs> hospital for the criminally insane. Um, Change the locks. So they're developing this relationship, which is great. But then after you know Joker gets out, basically he starts torturing her. And uh, the scene in the trailer is what happens. Uh, you know when Joker says, I'm going to just hurt you really, really bad? Yeah. That's Harley Quinn that he's about uh, to uh, bring. The, and did she like, have to sign a Fifty Shades of Grey contract? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus H. Christ. So, And it was completely unnecessary. It didn't oh, yeah. make any sense. Yeah. Uh, so Sabotage guy d- <laughs> directed yeah. this, right? Yeah. That so, fucking piece yeah. of work. And, and there was all these like weird kind of, like it was ultra violent. And again, yeah. didn't need to be. Right. And also it had these weird like kind of like, almost like, it's always the sign of an incompetent director when they do like those horror movie flashes and flashbacks. Like, look at something horrible that happened to me, and we're gonna do a music stab and show something disturbing for a couple of seconds, and then we're gonna do that a bunch of times until you get the message, and then we're gonna go on and on for another hour. Uh, so it was really—I'll tell you, faint praise, but it is true. It's better than Batman versus Superman. Okay. Uh, and okay. but it's and not, here is now now uh, Jackie I, brought some props. Uh, I brought uh, here's the, th- the reason I didn't. There is. 
Like Thunderbolts, there is a team that they could have made a great movie. All of these characters are well drawn. There's a there's a, a storyline that's amazing. Gail Simone wrote an arc in 2005 or 2008, uh, a Secret Six, right? Mm-hmm. And Secret Six is I wrote it down. So allow me to freaking read the hell. It's like Catman, and Catman could totally be played by Chris Helmsworth's brother, whose right. name is like what Steve or Larry? Who knows Liam. what it is? Liam. Liam. There we go. And uh, but he's all dreamy. Liam and not as famous. Liam not as famous Helmsworth, yes. So it's Catman, Deadshot, Cheshire, and then a newly created Ragdoll, who is the spookiest. It's sort of a mix of Joker and Harley Quinn together. Ragdoll. Ragdoll. Mm-hmm. Nutbag. And awesome. Scandal Savage. And a parademon. Anyway, and... Um, a parademon from a, Apocalypse? Uh, I can't. I don't know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And so all, the ones that I remember are Catman and Ragdoll and Cheshire, mostly. Okay. And Cheshire almost has the makeup of Harley Quinn. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's, but Secret Six, here's the arc. It's like a six issue Gail Simone written arc. And the premise is, is that one of these banana heads who are all like sea level supervillains, right? Uh, one of them gets a hold. Wait, they get hired as a group to go get a hold of a get out of hell free card. There's a get out of hell free card, and they all want it, but they're hired by somebody else to go get it. And I'm, I'm sure someone is yelling, "Well, they actually," because I actually didn't reread it before I got here. But uh, <laughs> but I remember it being so good. It's already I'm I'm like interested in reading it now. Right, because get out of hell free card, that's a plot. Yes, that's right. a that, mm-hmm. sure. that, that that's a MacGuffin. That that's yeah. a that's a thing to go yeah. get for Suicide Squad. The the plot just kind of showed up as an afterthought. Like, all right, well, this is the villain we have to go attack. Boo! And I'm like, well, now <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm bored. This is the, and also the motivation. So were the is actors. Like, so were, yeah, yeah, everyone. You could tell everyone, everyone else, the, all the supporting characters were bored, whereas Will Smith and Margot Robbie um, and a couple of the other ones, they just tried their best to yeah. do with what they had to work with, which yeah. was not much. But there is so much more, like I said, Great stories to, uh, I mean, we've already seen a good Suicide Squad movie. Like I'm saying, everyone right now just rent Batman Assault on Arkham. <laughs> you okay. It's also, it's the same thing where Batman is a supporting character. He's not in the entire movie. Right, I uh, think. And he's always playing catch up. Right, I think Gail Simone has Batman. Just you like see him in the background, right? And uh, mm-hmm. and the, they all just sort of freeze and kind of go, yeah. oh, d- let's not get his attention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and but Catman is, I mean, and these are all flawed characters who all have amazing, like Graham, like like they have amazing backstories that are right. real. Yes. And they're Gail Simone did an amazing job with that arc. And then there was one before that that was like the 2005. She was the one who turned it into a Suicide Squad, into a Thunderbolts team. Team. Mm-hmm. And then the second arc is the arc with the Get Out of Hell. Thunderbolts team is the uh, Marvel Marvel version of right. Suicide Squad. Right. Yeah, and so um, in in the, the the second arc, that Get Out of Hell free um, card is the second arc, and now then then it went went dormant, and right. now she's writing a new a, a new arc right now, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have that it doesn't have that that point and purpose, but it's still good. Right. But but she's she's written something. She's right. written something right. that they could. Right. Uh, it's existing. They already own the title. They probably could get it from. Mm-hmm. Uh, out well, of my mind. Oh, what is and, it? Uh, just like you know, because even like with DC, you always have those parallels. Like I think, like Amanda Waller runs Argus, which is the um, dark version of Shield. In oh Marvel. right, yeah, yeah. And uh, but what Zack Snyder and these other, <laughs> I don't know, the executive, somebody just doesn't understand. If you make every character a psychotic killer. There is no one to have any sympathy for. 
Right. There's yeah. the, there's it's why no, I have a hard enough time yeah. reading DC. If sometimes. you have uh, you have a psychotic, you know, somebody who's just basically a psychotic killer, regardless of the reason, if that's all they do, right? Then you don't even. Well, I could kind of see. You know, you want to no, channel your. Nothing. You want to channel your inner thirteen and a half year old man child that's fine but you have to have parents you yes. have to have someone sane well, to to play well, let's against. go to dark knight rises catwoman so believable so human she's trying to get out she's terrified of bane right. bane who just appears to be all oh, he's pure evil no he is the sad story you know he's yeah. in right. love with talia like it's like <laughs> there's all this great stuff Even, bane does, you know as vicious and as cruel as bane is there's that moment in humanity at, right. towards the end of the film where you're like oh he was the guy that's oh yeah. even in that that those smaller moments in Dark Knight, if you remember, like uh, when Christian Bale's uh, Bruce Wayne is trying to figure out, well, the Joker, he's just you know, uh, he's just like any other criminal. You know, I'll bring him down the same. And Alfred looks at him, no, 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 he's no. not. Um, no, some men just want to see the world burn. Right. Yes. And but that's like it's such a telling scene because it shows that. Even Batman doesn't know everything or have all right. the answers. Right, yeah. Right. And it was, it was just a really, even just a quiet scene like that can give you so much information and insight into the character. And this movie had none of those things. That's so disappointing because uh, the trailer did look fun. Oh, uh, well, there's something the trailer, really... I was, that, that's why I was, when I heard, I was, I was like, I'm getting pumped. And some people were like, yeah. oh, they did reshoots. I'm like, ah, they reshoot a lot. Yeah, of yeah, it's all right. Fine. Yeah. And then I just saw this, like... Well, you know, this movie, it, it's doing very well. It's making a lot of money. And the okay. reason is the marketing got shoved down everyone's throat yeah. to the point where, we're like, now we kind of have to see it. It's like Well, the, when you called me today, I was like, well, maybe I'll go see it this afternoon, and then we can record it tomorrow. Yeah. And you're like, no, you don't need to see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very... It, it did $160 million, I think, this first weekend. I'm really Which will just encourage DC. I don't think I it's think, okay. I think we're going to see a drop-off for sure. I want to see how big the drop-off is yeah. for this next weekend. Okay. that'll maybe make DC stop What's well, already It's, <laughs> it's going to follow the same track as Batman versus Superman. It made a ton of money opening weekend and then precipitous drop the second and third weekends. Right. But <sighs> it's, this is the kind of thing where, you know, the marketing over um, basically got over the content. Yeah. You know, it overhyped it where everyone's going to see it. And even if it's bad, it's like, remember when Blair Witch, it's like the Blair Witch effect. A lot of people went to see it because of the hype, but not a lot of people liked it. Right. Because it, they didn't think it was going to be what it was or whatever. Where it, well, well, Although the difference is, I liked Blair Witch. I thought it was a well put together film. Oh, good. This film is a mess. Yeah. <laughs> and this film had 50, 50 times the budget and they screwed this up. Oh, and yeah. Just I for just, the marketing. I can't give DC my money anymore. I just no. right. I'm not right. doing it. That's why I didn't go because I'm like, until, I'm not, I can't until do Zack it. Until Zack Snyder gets fired from these franchises. All of them. Whoever, the, all these morons at yeah. DC. Like, fire them all. Let Jeff John's just insert the word Congress and you have yeah. Graham Elwood's <laughs> opinion. Uh, no, hey, you guys, I got a bolt, but uh, Finding Dory, you got a the, Thunderbolt. I got a Thunderbolt. Uh, Finding Dory is the Empire Strikes Back of the Nemo series. Uh, right. I gotta go. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Thanks, Jackie. Bye, Jackie. So, uh, we're gonna keep recording. Do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> bye, Jackie. <laughs> so, yeah, um. It's been a, heck- a great thing about uh, Jackie living so close by. She just you have her in, in between we, of other appointments. <laughs> we today was a busy, or this was a busy week. We couldn't record till today. We've had Podfest stuff we're working on, and then our guests backed out at the last minute. Yeah, literally last night you got an email. So, um, and this morning we were trying to get somebody else. They couldn't do it, so it was like 
Um, 30 minutes of Jackie is better than nothing. I couldn't agree more. Because, <laughs> of course, she brings comic books. Yeah, she brought props. To go through. Yeah. She, if she, we, if right. she had the time to sit here and read them all to us, she yes. would have. Mm-hmm. She made her husband pull comics. Which yeah. I think is fantastic. <laughs> well, so, well uh, I want to go into then uh, Ghostbusters. Yes. yes, absolutely. So you saw it. Now. I did see it. Mm-hmm. I saw it. Um, Doing very poorly at the box office. Which, Which is a shame. Is is a shame because here's I'm I'm going to bring it up on IMDb. Now I I say this with a um, um with a kind of a caveat. It's doing poorly at the box box office just because the budget was so high and the marketing budget was so high. Like if you actually made this movie for like 50, 60 million and kept the budget in check a little bit, it would have been a success. Like yeah. what, what does it say? So, so the budget, right the estimated budget on IMDb is $144 million. Which is ridiculous. It never should have cost that much. It shouldn't have been that much, but it's done $118 million thus far. Here, here's what I want to say about this movie. And, and you were, when you talked about it a couple episodes back, you were dead on. The trailers didn't help this film at all. No. At least from where I'm standing. Because that made me, when I saw the trailers, as I've said before, I was like, eh. This looked like it's they, they didn't get it. This movie is um, is really funny, uh, and it starts out and there's a couple sort of bathroom you know pee pee poo poo jokes in the beginning, and I'm like God, I hope the whole movie isn't like this. It isn't, and then there's just a lot of really funny stuff in it, and uh, you know. The backlash on this just I don't I don't get it. it it's not. If you just want to come out and blanket say I don't like remakes, which I I tend to I tend to lean in that direction, mm-hmm. especially like a remake of a comedy, I'd be like, right. If you said anything like, oh, we're remaking Caddyshack or The Jerk or any of those right. movies I grew up mm-hmm. with, I would I don't care what the cast would be, I'd be like, oh, come on. But this was this was this was a funny film, and it's sort of my favorite version of Melissa McCarthy. I like it when she's sort of the straight man a little bit, right? Um. And, you know, and, and, and we talked about it a little, when I did the, the, I was a guest on Doug Loves Movies from Comic-Con with Leonard Malt was on it. And Doug brought up a great point, which is, he said, it's almost as though the bang, the paying homage to the old thing almost got in the way, having like Dan Aykroyd drive of a cab and right. Bill Murray. Uh-huh. Uh, he, Doug made an interesting suggestion and he goes, they should have just done it like those guys existed the original Ghostbusters guys existed, but they they all have gone on doing done other things. There's not a need for ghosts busting anymore, and now there's this new threat, and these young women are it's a like new generation. New generation, we're picking up the the, the you know the blaster packs or whatever. Right. right. Like, um, but even that is a, is 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 sort of me nitpicking. And which is interesting too is that's how the original trailer sold it. Right. And. Um, I think they could have done that, but again, this is me sort of nitpicking. I think overall, it's really funny. I love the, um, you know, first and Leonard Malton made a point when I was on that episode. He goes, "When people get all mad on the internet, he goes, it's just a fucking movie, and the original, <laughs> and the original one isn't gone, right? Like if you're that hell bent on not liking this remake, fine, just go fucking rent the original mm-hmm. one. Like go watch it on online somewhere. Yeah." But this is a funny film, and 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 you're missing out. And and um, like Kristen Wiig, when they're interviewing Chris Hemsworth, she's so hot for him, and she's saying all these inappropriate things that right. you can't say in an interview. And Melissa McCarthy's like, uh, yeah, we're going to get sued. Like, yeah. it's so obvious. 
And I love how Melissa McCarthy talks to Chris Hemsworth because his character is just an idiot, which is, mm. I, I, and Hemsworth does it brilliantly. He he's, does. He's, just well, got oversold a little bit. Like, went, I'm like, okay, I got it. He's dumb. And he's pretty. dumb. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was great because it, to me, the best parts of his of his character being done was Melissa McCarthy talking to him like he's a kid. Yeah. Hey, buddy, kind of need you to answer the phone, okay, pal? Just like so, that was funny to me. Um, and you know, Leslie Jones is is funny in the movie, and what she had to go through on Twitter is just is such bullshit, and it's so horrifying. And and that aspect of social media, in particular, Twitter, makes me not want to be a part of it. Um, but she's funny, and. Again, the trailer didn't portray her character as being that funny. No, I, I thought no. her character was going to be sort of, you know, stereotypical. And it was, she was, she was fucking hilarious. She added a lot. I mean, she added more to this than Ernie Hudson did. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she was a, really a part of it and said funny shit. And then, and then what's her name? The Kristen, um, Kristen McCool. Kristen Wiig? Chris, no, not Kristen. The, um, uh, I'm going to tell you. Um, Kate McKinnon, she fucking stole the movie for me. Yeah, she was funny. I thought her, her sort of ego, her version of an Egon right. was, she, I had the most laugh out loud moments with her. Mm-hmm. And then I'll tell you this, I would never go see this movie in 3D. It was the only time it was showing, I was traveling, I was mm-hmm. in Chicago and it was the only time it was playing was that I could see was a 3D one. I was like, mm-hmm. fine. The 3D was great. It added to the movie. But, like, I wanted to sit down the action movie 3D people and go, this, more of this. <laughs> There's ghosts flying out of the screen. Mm. I jump out of my chair. Mm. And I was like, that was really, that's why the, the $144 million budget didn't bother me as much because the 3D added to the story. Mm-hmm. And they did really cool stuff, the ghost fights. So they really updated they had more ghost weapons. They had more ghost weapons and the ghost fight stuff, that was really cool. And then the jokes within that and the action was cool. And, you know, in the original, yes, they're men, but they're nerdy men. They're not badasses. Mm-hmm. And so you're watching sort of nerdy guys. And you also, you wonder too, would this movie have done any differently had the four leads been men? Yeah, I know. I wonder. I wonder if it would have. I don't, I don't know. Because I really think you'd have still the same flat kind of like remake itis right i don't i don't know how much it would matter it might have even done worse maybe yeah if you had like will farrell and right you know and those guys it'd be like seth rogan as a ghostbuster yeah it's like and what's his name the one guy jonah Uh, hill jonah hill (laughs) yeah you knew who i was talking about i did yeah, the three of them. Danny McBride. Yeah, Danny McBride, <laughs> and then you know Chris Rock or Chris Chris Tucker or somebody like yeah. that. You know, playing. <laughs> it would have been like okay. Um, so it's funny. It's worth seeing, and and I I can't believe I'm saying this, but see it in 3D. Wow, that is a ringing endorsement. It's, and in a food theater, in if a, you can. You know, see, so see, it was a food theater too. <laughs> it was a version of a food theater in yeah. Rosemont. But so I liked it. It's a funny film, and you know. Uh, it was cool. I liked it. Check it out. Give it a shot. All right. Give it a chance. Now, let's talk about our sponsor. Hey! Touchamodern.com. Oh, buddy. We, uh, we really like these guys a lot because there's always something cool to uh, check out. 
Uh, I got a shipping update for my uh, my beach tent that's coming in. Oh, that's right. Kind you of, got yeah. a big beach tent. It's like it. it's a weird like, uh, and I love it too. It's a, it's a combo like umbrella slash tent where it's open on both sides, but it still covers you, and it's got a nice. Um, it's not got a nice bottom to it, so I don't even have to sit on the sand if I don't want to. It's uh, it's great, and it's, it's all the stuff that we love about touchermodern.com is that uh, it's stuff you don't know that you want until you see it. And then like, you realize you have to have it. Like this. They now have uh, air purifiers. They have electric motorcycles uh, currently, um, which is amazing. They have, and of course they have really cool gadget like accessories that I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, solar charging backpack. Oh, nice. Now that's something I might need to get because I ride my bike a lot. Um, God, I gotta look at that solar power backpack. They have, um, like, I've been, I cycle a lot around. Like, that's how I run my yes. errands and stuff. I try mm-hmm. not to use my car as much, and especially the summer. You put everything in a basket in the front? <laughs> no, Chris. That's where my dog is. Um, I, I sort of no-anded you, improv style. <laughs> I denied, but then added a joke to it. It was good stuff. Um, but, uh, so I, I, I'm looking at, they've got some really cool, like, uh, lightweight cycling glasses, like mm-hmm. sunglasses and stuff like that, um, that I could look at my dog in my basket <laughs> with. Um, but some of the, God, these solar-powered backpacks are cool. One of them... You can out, outrun a tornado. Yeah, I can outrun a tornado, <laughs> which I, you get a lot of those in Southern California. Um, but yeah, it's... it's uh, and I've been riding my bike a lot on those non-clip-in bike shoes that I got. Nice. Those are great. Um, so that's the thing about Touch of Modern, man. There's all this cool, it feels sort of like, it's got a lot of cool gadget stuff, but especially if you sort of like, are like. Active. Active. Mm -hmm. You know, you work, you have a tech job or something, you bike to work or whatever. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's that, it has a lot of that cool, cool gear. So it's, it's really, um, you know, it's, it's. This backpack has the best eco design from the 2013 SF Fashion Awards. So, oh. uh, and there's stuff, uh, new stuff launching every day. Uh, it's the one website to discover and change your lifestyle in a single click. Mm. Yeah. Now remember, you got to check it out because the stuff. If you like something today, it might be gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you want to jump on anything you see right away at Touch of Modern, and it is free to join. Doesn't cost you anything. There's no membership, no nothing. And everything's on sale, so that's why it's yes. so limited. That's why you got to check back in. Like these solar backpacks are normally 150, and bucks. they'll sell out. And then when they sell, out, that's it. That's gone. Yeah. And they say the sales ending. You know, like this mm-hmm. solar backpack thing ends August 16th at 12 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. Lock it in. <laughs> Touchofmodern.com. Check it out. Boom. Uh, okay, so now we uh, we're talking about trailers. We saw the Great uh, Wall. What? Uh, wow. What is this? This is Lord of the Born. <laughs> Lord of the Born? Yeah, this is uh, Lord of the Borns. It is uh, Lord of the Borns. It was so funny because you see this bloated giant budget that just unfold ridiculously in front of you. You're on the Great Wall. This is clearly a co-production of uh, China and American Studios. And you're like, okay, Chinese cast, Chinese cast, uh, period piece, Great Wall, Jason Bourne, and Monsters. <laughs> Fighting monsters. They built the Great Wall of China to fight monsters. keep out the monsters and the fog. That's what the trailer says. Mm -hmm. It makes no earthly sense. So it's um, absolutely hilarious. This is one of those movies that will make $80 million. Uh, Great, but it will cost like $300. So I don't know what the uh, with how the numbers will add up, but uh, but it doesn't matter. You got to wait until what 
beginning of next year to see yeah, this. It's, anyway, this it's, a, it's a lot ways away. This is going to come out in January. This yeah. is a February release. Yeah. January, February release. And it might do well in China. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or they might be like, what are you idiots doing yeah. now? Yes. <laughs> Why do we need Matt Damon in our movie? <laughs> oh, and Lord. And why are monsters? Lord of the Born. <laughs> so, uh, and also, one movie that made us both laugh that we just saw a trailer for Office Christmas Party. It looks really funny. TJ Miller's in it. Yeah, Jason Bateman. Um, Olivia Munn's in it. Yeah. It, it looks... Uh, it, it it looks hilarious. So, um, and I think at one time or another, we've all been to an out of control office party right. over the holidays for sure. We've all had day jobs. My mom had a party at our house when I was in high school, and I was like went out with my friends. When I came back, mm-hmm. there's all these like she was like worked in non for profit, and there's all these like non for profit fundraising people like drunk. Some woman oh, there was like great. purple vomit from some wine. <laughs> Some lady hit on me. I was yeah. like 16. I was like, all right, nice party, mom. Yeah. So. Boy, what was the charity? <laughs> Cougars. <Yeah>. Cougars. <laughs> a cougar Cougars for Africa. Yeah, Cougars for Africa. Well, I think it was Cougars for teenage boys yeah. is what the first one was. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so this looks really funny. It just basically mm-hmm. looks like I watched it, and I don't say this as a slam. I say this in a, in a very funny way. They went the Hangover Christmas party. Yes, uh-huh. it just looks like. And you know what? We actually got to see like a lot of times with these dumb comedies, you see uh, like, oh, Kevin James is falling down. There were some accidents or pratfalls in this movie that made us laugh out loud. Out loud. Yeah. I, now and, that okay. Well, that was funny. That was funny, mm-hmm. and it just looks like it, it's it's it's. Um, and it's us. Uh, Chris McKinnon is in it as well it's from from Ghostbusters, who I just referenced. She's in the trailer. Um, Jennifer Aniston's in it. Mm-hmm. It looks it looks like it's uh, it's funny business. So, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, next one is uh, on DVD and Blu-ray. A hologram for the king. This is the uh, Tom Hanks film. Did you ever get to see it on a plane? Uh, I saw this movie. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's funny. Tom Hanks, every third movie is one of these like Larry Crown movies that just feels like he said yes because he wanted to travel to that part of the world. <laughs> so like I right. just uh-huh. it just it was it was okay. It's not, and again, he he rarely makes a movie. He pulls that, a Michael Caine. Yeah, it's exactly every three is a Michael Caine. Everything's a Michael Caine. They're never awful. They're never like, mm-hmm. what is he doing? You never want to walk out, but you're just sort of like Okay, just sort of beat by beat. I know what's right. coming next. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to get stuck in an airport. He's gonna th- yeah, he's, exactly. <laughs> it's the terminal. It's, it's some movie where you just kind of go, huh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just okay. And there's just some moments in it that are just sort of odd. Right. You know, there's sort of depiction of being in the Middle East. I understand the sort of American, the Middle East is a very different place with so many cultures and the climate and everything. But sometimes the way it's handled, it just seems very much like it's through the eyes of someone who's never traveled anywhere. Right. <laughs> just as, one of those Americans that like, this is different. Mm-hmm. I don't like anything that's different. And it's like, <laughs> okay, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. It's like when foreign directors put in an American character. Yeah, yeah, and it just stands out, just like, I'm the American with the hard R's. I got a lot of money in Texas, but I don't like anybody. Yeah. And I'm not going to be polite. I'm not going to be polite, because I'm a rude American with a gun. (laughs) 
Uh, oh, I got it. I got you. So, <laughs> so that, yeah, that kind of depiction. Um, the next movie is Fathers and Daughters. This is a Russell Crowe drama that uh, went way under the radar. It's got an interesting plot where um, it's it's he's the father of a daughter, and then but he's a writer, and he gets a bad review on his book, and it sends him like into like a depression, and it destroys his relationship with his daughter. That's like the premise of the film, which is a very odd premise but uh, uh i watched some of the trailer i couldn't get through the whole thing <laughs> but uh, make any sense. yeah i'm like i don't know what what's what's going on who's this this just just felt weird like like it, you know what it felt like drama for drama's sake we need to show some really heart wrenching performances and uh but we don't have a framework for them yeah <laughs> so let, let's yeah. concoct some flimsy <laughs> yeah drama like yeah that, that like really is completely odd and unrelatable so yeah. i'm not sure what was going on there but uh if anybody has seen it uh check let us know on the message boards how it was <laughs> uh, fathers and daughters uh now the site spotlight then the fan feedback there's uh multiple reviews of suicide squad and jason Bourne up there um cj uh reviews sing street and swiss army man uh also when you get into the uh, twitter comments on the star trek spoiler app a lot of uh uh, our fact checkers went into overdrive on a couple of things, and uh, one of, one of the tweets, my favorite one, was uh, "That's his real chest, Ricardo Montalban. That was his actual real chest." And I remember as a as a, as a kid reading the reviews, and how the reviewers were always saying how distracting that uh, Ricardo Montalban's um, prosthetic chest was. And I looked it up online, and turns out there was controversy over it. Like, the filmmakers mm-hmm. claimed that, no, that's his real chest. And the costume designers specifically made costuming to accentuate his chest and make it look, like, hyper-real. Uh, and then other people just thought it was a prosthetic. So, um, I'm not completely convinced that it's not a prosthetic, <laughs> even though uh, they're, they're claiming the filmmakers and everyone claims that it was real. And uh, But I, I don't know. Look, look at the even photos again. It's... I'm not sure. I don't know. I wasn't on set. If somebody was on set, let us know for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody have eyes yeah. on uh, Mr. Montalban's actual set? Yeah. Somewhere in uh, Stan Winston's creature shop, there was a fake <laughs> con chest somewhere. I want to uh, believe that Ricardo Montalban just... He just ironed. He had he this just, iron chest. Just, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. just torqued out. He just went yep. ape shit for six uh-huh. months in the gym. Yeah. Yeah. You know? He's like, that's Mr. Rourke? Yeah, he's yeah. out of his mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so they're saying it, it is his real chest. Um, I remain a little skeptical. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> and premiering this week, uh, Florence Foster Jenkins. This is the new um, uh, drama, I guess you could say, about a, a singer. This is a new Meryl Streep movie about where she wants to be an opera singer, even though she has no talent singing. So I think it's based on a true story. Yeah. Um, the next one is Pete's Dragon. I have to say the um, the early reviews are saying that this is amazing, but I I never liked the original. Um, I feel like the the trailer just really oversells the sappy sweetness of it, and yeah. it just really feels like a you know an eight year old or under movie to me. But I could be wrong. We'll we'll see because I know I'm going to be seeing it this weekend, so I'll let you guys know. <laughs> um, my my guess my 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 prediction. Is that the trailer is is worse than the actual movie is? That could be. That I think it's, well I think you're going to come away going. Actually, it was really cool. My yeah. son liked it, and there was good yep. stuff that I liked. That's what I'm mm-hmm. fe- feeling. You know what? I think you might be right, just because that seems to be happening sometimes with those Disney movies. They have they, to sap up the trailer. Yeah, yeah they exactly. just have to. Mm-hmm. 
um, Sausage Party, uh, I, I just want to say that uh, you don't have to make every movie Seth Rogen wants to make. You know, there's not there's not like a rule in Hollywood when he comes to you with a script. You don't have to say yes to all of them. You're right. Um, Some of them are good. Yeah, but there's no reason you don't. You, not you know, all of them. They're still Green Hornet. It's you know, still out it's, there. There's, yeah, it's, it doesn't. It, it hasn't exists. been erased. Yeah. You know, this is the end is great, but it doesn't erase Green Hornet. No. Um, so I don't know. Uh, this look. You know, there there's definitely a precedent for hard R um, animated comedies, but. I don't know. This one, it, 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 I got to tell you, the trailer hasn't made me laugh. It, it doesn't really interest me. Yeah, I'm not fired up for it. Yeah, even a food theater. Actually, it would be weird to watch this in a food I theater. I couldn't see sausage. I couldn't see it in a food theater. <laughs> no way. Um, the next one is Anthropoid. This is based on... I'm going to see Florence Foster Jenkins in a food theater. That would be good. Yeah. yeah. Meryl Streep singing mm-hmm. away through my tacos or yes. something. Yes, you know, good. Well, maybe they would serve like opera cakes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, based on the extraordinary true story of Operation Anthropoid, the World War II mission to assassinate SS General Reinhard Heydrich, the main architect behind the final solution and the Reich's third in command after Hitler and Himmler. So, um, let's see. This, I, actually, the trailer looks interesting to me. So, um, you know, and I'm also interested in the real life story, how this actually all came together. So, I'm definitely interested in seeing this. It's a it's a weird title. I know that I'm sure that's like the name of the. Um, the the mission sure. or whatever, but it's like when you name your movie that it just like we were talking about before. It feels like was well, this some weird like low budget horror movie? Yeah, the, yeah. that that's a weird title, and I you know it's funny. You just I, call it Operation something. Yeah, Operation Anthropoid. Yeah, that's it. That's something. it. Exactly. All you have to do is just to make it. Oh, this is a war movie. Yeah. I got it now. Um, yeah, because I'm half expecting to see aliens come up, right. you know, eating mm-hmm. Nazis or something. Yes. <laughs> Every time I sort of feel like, do we really need more movies about World War II? I see a trailer like this and I go, all right. Yes, if, we need at least one more. Because if, yeah, they're, if, if they keep finding actual stories, if they're done correctly, they can be interesting. You right. know. But then I always worry, like, is it just going to sort of, hey, we found this true story that's cool. That's just going to sort of be Monuments Men-ish. Right. Uh-huh. You know, just kind of be like, okay, that's mm-hmm. all right, I guess. Um, but this could be interesting. Yeah, we'll see. Um, all right. Well, that is our show, Boom. ladies and gentlemen, brought to you by touchamodern.com. Um, we got a lot of stuff coming up. We're already exhausted. We're all, it's already starting. <laughs> yeah. uh, but guys, yeah, Los Angeles Podcast Festival, September 23rd through the 25th. Uh, the tickets are selling out. It's, 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 we've got a really cool, um, you know, we're doing some some interesting stuff with the lineup this year. We're bringing in some different type shows like Rooster Teeth. Yes. Um, Dude Soup. Um, we've got Criminal and Welcome to Night Vale's coming back. There's a lot of cool stuff. And Stuff You Should Know is back, too. Yeah. And then, of course, we've got, you know, we've got Todd Glass. We've got Jimmy Pardo. We've got Mike Schmidt. We've got Paul Gilmartin. We've got Karen Kilgariff's doing her yes. new show. Uh, My Favorite Murder, which is really an interesting show. Mm-hmm. It's climbing up there. Um, you've got uh, Josh Wolf who's on the show doing Fairly Normal, which is a new podcast. So I think, you know, if you're looking at the lineup and there, you might be like, oh, it's it's some of these shows I don't know, I would tell you to... Check them out. Check them out. And that's part of the thing we want to do is, I mean, some of it is just scheduling. Like, you know... Mark's on the road. Mark Maron's on the road. Doug right. Benson's on the road. These right. guys are just busy and, yeah. and we can't, you know, we can't lock them down sometimes. And so... 
But I want you guys to sort of have faith in in our programming that we're getting interesting shows to you. Like if you like those other shows, you're going to like the ones we program. We're getting interesting shows for you, and I really want you to try them out. I mean, see your favorites that are at the festival. Mm-hmm. But you know, have trust in us. We're not uh, you know a big evil corporation that just buys out a, a podcast network and then has a festival at a giant hotel in some weird part of Southern California. Mm, just, I don't know what you're referring to. It's That's how weird. hypothetical. It's yeah. a hypothetical thing, what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so we're a, we're a festival by podcasters for podcasters and podcast yes, fans. <laughs> for sure. And uh, like I said, we've got an amazing uh, lineup, and it's not even done yet. We're still plugging in a few... Uh, a couple more things. A few things we're going to be announcing shortly, but... Kevin Pollack? Uh, oh, yeah, Kevin Pollack Chat Show. Yeah. And uh, also his, his co-host, Sam his co-host is Sam Levine from Doug Loves Movies. Yeah. He's always over there. So he's going to have a really big guest, too. It's going to be really, really good. And it's the first time he's been in the festival. He was programmed a couple years ago, but... He uh, he had to cancel because he was doing his documentary. Mm-hmm. So we're happy to have him back, and we've got uh, we've got a couple other ones that we're uh, we're circling around that uh, we'll be announcing soon. And uh, oh, and we're also working on a couple of uh, interesting ones, like uh, some like uh, public radio ones too mm-hmm. that we're also we can't announce yet. But there's a lot of really cool stuff in the pipeline. Check it out, but make sure you get a ticket because it is going fast. And if you can't make it, it's the uh, pay-per-view. And like I said, just one ticket gets you the entire festival with all the shows and all the panels. And if you use the code CFN, you get five bucks off. So it's going to be what? Like 20 some? $20. 20 20 plus fee. 20 20 plus Mm -hmm. fees. So it's, you know, just go to LAPodFest.com, you guys. And, um, you know, this is our fifth year. And we really are happy and proud of the community we've built with podcasters and fans and it's 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 a really awesome event those of you who have been it's always great to see you again and those of you who've never come you really got to come check it out there's yeah nothing welcome like it. there's nothing like it so um those are our shows also check out my new podcast pop divas i'll be releasing a episode four soon this week we just recorded it um so check it out you guys and uh you know very cool. And earbuds was, is going to be. Oh, and earbuds is going to be in a couple more festivals that we're going to yes. be announcing soon. Uh, there's actually going to be another LA screening, yep. uh, the LA Invasion Festival mm-hmm. uh, in Sherman Oaks. So it's not that far from the uh, undisclosed uh, podcast location. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we'll be announcing those dates very shortly. But I think they may even already be on the LA Invasion site yet. Mm-hmm. If you check that out. Um, very cool. And then we'll be announcing another couple festivals and we'll also be announcing a release schedule soon for the, uh, film. Yeah. So all you, uh, backers, you'll be getting it very, uh, very soon within a couple of months. Mm-hmm. I think that might be That's it. That's it. You guys. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Jackie Cation who had to duck out, uh, and also coming short notice. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Jackie. Um, my name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember Han shot first. first.